Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Of course, I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. And you are in trouble if you forget what Sunday is. That's right. The deadline is fast approaching. You've put it off. Do not put it off any longer. Mother's Day is coming up this Sunday. Get a hold of our friends over at Books, short for bouquets. Right now, take advantage of my promo code, Steve, for 20% off when you go to B-O-U-Q-S for Books, B-O-U-Q-S dot com. Use the promo code, Steve. Find out the difference with their farm fresh farm cut flowers why they t- stay fresher longer last longer um so many huge uh and unique selections to choose from as well but the clock is ticking do not blow it books.com is where you want to go promo code steve get that 20 percent off when you do for books.com promo code steve for 20 percent off The weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us later. At the bottom of this hour, we will have an abbreviated buy, sell, or hold, and the rest will carry over into overtime for Blaze TV subscribers, which you'll watch later today, if you are one, at blazetv.com slash dace. And if you want to become one, that's also where you can go right now, so you don't miss it. Uh, blazetv.com slash dace, just $10 a month to become a Blaze TV subscriber. Why will we have an abbreviated buy, sell, or hold well it would take something unique for me to interrupt what is one of the three most popular segments we do on this show every week but this is something unique uh we have had some pointed opinions aired on this program about one vivek ramaswamy uh gop presidential candidate in the last couple of weeks it is only fair to give him an opportunity to respond to some of those pointed takes. And I wanted to make sure that he had as much time as possible. So we're going to put him in the longest segment of the show that we have, which is the top of hour two each day, uh, so that there's the most possible time to give him an opportunity to respond to some of the things that has been said about him and the questions that have been asked about him on this show as of late. So that is coming up at the top of next hour. But before we get to it, of course, let us begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Making His Move. Tucker Carlson says he's taking his talents to Twitter. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess. It's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. It's filthy, really. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. And yet, for the most part, the news that you see analyzed on Twitter comes from media organizations that are themselves thinly disguised propaganda outlets. You see it on cable news. You talk about it on Twitter. The result may feel like a debate, but actually the gatekeepers are still in charge. We think that's a bad system. We know exactly how it works, and we're sick of it. 
Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We bring some other things too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. Shortly after he published that video yesterday afternoon, stories started to trickle out saying Carlson is accusing his former employer, Fox News, of being in breach of their contract since they're paying him to do a show they're not allowing him to actually do. Legacy Media, in response, said the quiet part out loud. Okay, well, listen, Twitter was already under fire from misinformation, disinformation, all-out lies, anti-Semitism, racism, before Elon Musk took over, and now it's gotten kind of crazy, right? Seemingly unmoored, uh, if you will. Will anybody be able to police what Carlson says, Mm. or... Is this the point? Anyway, let's check in on Fox News, shall we? Did you watch the coronation? I did not watch the coronation. I watched it um, twice. It's awfully early. I'm not a huge fan of Charles necessarily. It's because like, of the good luck. Fingers. I wish him luck. I love yeah. the Brits. Yeah. Uh, plus, Kennedy, I've been, I've been far too busy watching other things recently, and I just <laughs> had to thank you very much for having me on the program, friend. <laughs> It's it's a knife, uh, a hot poker that you are just twisting into my my wounds. Yeah, it looks like they're in good hands. A federal jury in New York City found Donald Trump did not, in fact, rape author E. Jean Carroll, as she had claimed in a civil lawsuit. The jury did find that Trump had defamed her somehow and ordered Trump to pay $5 million in restitution. Trump says he'll appeal the ruling. Congressman James Comer says he has hard evidence Joe Biden took money in exchange for policy outcomes from corrupt Europeans and Chinese while he was vice president. Comer made these comments at a press conference this morning. The committee is concerned by the complicated suspicious network of over 20 companies we have identified the Bidens and their associates used to enrich themselves. Most of these companies were limited liability companies formed during Joe Biden's vice presidency. The bank records show the Biden family, their associates, and their companies received over $10 million from foreign nationals and their Companies. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley was interviewed by CBN's David Brody and was asked about Ron DeSantis's campaign against Disney. So suddenly they criticize you and you're going to have thin skin and do a lawsuit that causes taxpayer dollars? As a governor talking to another governor who's dealt with woke companies in her state, mm-hmm. pick up the phone, meet with the executives, hash this out in a back room and get back to the normal life of business for Floridians. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is America, government by the consent of the backroom deals with woke megacorps. America, government by the consent of the backroom deals with woke megacorps. Two-time Trump campaign advisor and surrogate Steve Cortez says he's backing Ron DeSantis this go-around. I'm backing Governor Ron DeSantis for president and just joined uh, his PAC, his aligned PAC, never back down. Uh, Look, I was honored to work for President Trump, and I think he was exactly the disruptor that the country needed back in 2016. But when I look at the situation now and going forward, I believe the best option to both win the general election and to govern effectively, to implement a conservative agenda in office, I believe the best option is Ron DeSantis. And and let me tell you one other important reason I'm backing Ron DeSantis, is that uh, the idea of a rematch, of a rematch of Biden versus Trump, 
is something this country overwhelmingly does not want. It is a movie that we have already seen. Nobody liked it, and we know the ending. You may remember Cortez previously worked for Newsmax, but left over the supposed right-wing company's COVID jab mandate. Last summer, the Buffalo Bills cut rookie punter Matt Ariza after a woman had accused Ariza of being party to a gang rape at a house party when the two were attending San Diego State University a couple of years ago. Prosecutors looking into the case ended up declining to press charges against Ariza but not before he had, again, been cut by the bills and had his name smeared in the media. Now we know more. Turns out, according to San Diego area law enforcement investigating the case, Ariza had already left the party when the evidence shows the alleged gang rape had taken place. In addition, prosecutors reviewed video evidence of the alleged gang rape and came to the conclusion nothing but consensual sexual activity had taken place. Falsely accused of rape, Ariza's life is now in disarray. And finally, for some whiplash, here's this from J.P. Sears. Hey man, I noticed you're not wearing your life jacket anymore. How are you okay? Don't need it anymore. Do you remember me telling you three years ago that people have the natural ability to swim? I remember you dangerously promoting false claims that went against the science. But now those same claims are in line with science? Now they are. Well, because right now I'm saying people have the natural ability to swim, wouldn't that mean that three years ago when I was saying that same thing that I was right? No, you were wrong. Very dangerously, I might add. <laughs> but the thing I'm saying now is correct. So how would saying the same thing three years ago be incorrect? The science has changed. So does that mean you were wrong for what you said three years ago? Nope, I was right. Thought so. Because the science has changed. I get it. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Eden Pure and their Thunderstorm Air Purifier. That's been a big hit with our audience since they came on board last year. Find out why. You can get all three units of their Thunderstorm Air Purifier for full whole home protection for a fraction of the cost of their competitors. All three units for under $200 and shipping is free. And this is not an air freshener. Uh, this is an air cleaner. Uh, they, they provide clean, fresh-smelling air by helping to eliminate the odors and the things that cause them in your, in your home uh, or your office. Uh, mold, mildew, bacteria, even some viruses. All right. So again, if you want to try it today, all three units for under $200 and shipping is free. But you must use my promo code Steve when you go to EdenPureDeals.com. You must use the promo code Steve when you go to EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code Steve. All right, let us turn our attention to Aaron's montage. And there are a lot of interesting, weighty topics in there today. Um, let's go through them maybe one by one as fast as we can. The, the Tucker Carlson story, what you, are, what you are witnessing now, and this is what I predicted the last couple of weeks, is that he put that video on Twitter to test it as a platform. My guess is that... that, that um, there's aspects of his non-compete that Twitter doesn't fall into as a, as a broad-based social media company, that if he were to go and start his own channel on Rumble or Local, so I think those are actually joined together now as a company, right? Or come to the Daily Wire or even here at Blaze TV, those would be looked at as direct competitors, but this could just be simply an expansion of his own social media presence. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And then you take no revenue. Like you saw Elon Musk come out quickly afterwards and say, I have no agreement with Tucker Carlson. Did you guys see that? 
I, uh, I did not. Yeah, he did that. I, I think that is a clear sign that Tucker's like, well, I'm just going to post on social media then and take your $20 million. Okay, you guys keep me off linear TV. I won't go to work for any kind of outlet. I won't let anybody pay me. I'll take your $20 million. I'm just going to post on social media. You can't stop me from posting on social media. Now, these are going to be long posts, long form videos, okay? (laughs) Going to be long posts, but um, I won't take any revenue. We're not generating any revenue, not taking any money. I'm not working for Twitter is not a competitor to Fox News, at least not yet. Okay, in a linear sense, Twitter has no linear presence. Twitter, unlike Blaze TV, which makes its programming available on places like Roku and a Pluto. Twitter doesn't want to do that because it wants to keep everything self-contained to its own app. Right. All right. Whatever draws more traffic and eyeballs to Twitter, Twitter is interested in. Doesn't want you clicking, uh, you know, uh, external links. It wants you to stay and hang out there. So he's just going to be posting on social media. That's how that's how I believe he is going to frame this with his attorneys. I am just posting on social media my takes on things and i'm not working for anybody i'm not taking any money from anybody i'm still a fox news employee you guys made the decision to take your number one show off the air that's a you problem i'll take my 20 million dollars oh you don't like that well then completely let me go then and i'll make probably even more than that because this video generated 40 million views as well i saw correct so i mean you're essentially he is generating 10 times the audience on Twitter than he received on linear cable with the number one show on cable TV. So I I think this is a very deft, brilliant, strategic move. I'm not aligned with anybody. I didn't even make an agreement with Twitter. I'm just posting, I'm just posting my thoughts, posting on social media, pay me my 20 million. Then if you want to keep me off the air, Oh, well you have a problem with that. Well then, you know, okay, fine. You keep your 20 million. Let me out of my deal and I'll just go about my merry way. I, I, this is v- being very smartly played by the the, the Carlson camp. Well, I, I like uh, in in Elon's case, uh, it's a it's a sign of I think genuine manhood to have the ability to not uh, overthink this whole thing and to be willing to bet on the come. I mean, th- these are these are value bets for for. Uh, both men. Of course, the one question I have, and you may be getting into this, this is a Tucker story. Like, I, how is it not? Uh, you, I mentioned yesterday. This is this is seems clearly to be breach of contract. How, if it's breach of contract, how can any non-compete even be ba- valid going forward? Well, you'd have to look at the specific wording of his deal to, to answer your question, and none of us have access to yeah. that, so we don't know. But the fact that they are going here indicates that they think there is at least some form of merit to your question. And if you look at Elon's statement, we have no agreement with Tucker. He's making the same decision to post his content on Twitter than anybody else can. We're not involved in trying to get in the middle of your business relationship. There's no revenue agreement with him. He's just posted on Twitter, which is what he was doing before. That's it. One other aspect of this before we move on to the the rest of the topics in Aaron's montage, what you're watching here is, is the quickening of the end of linear television. That's what you're watching here. I mean, this was always going to end this way um it's a dying technology um and it's a die and fox has a dying audience and remember fox tried to do what we do here at blaze tv they they tried to have a unique lineup of separate shows on fox nation that went nowhere it went belly up they laid all those people off fired them and then tried to reboot fox nation behind tucker carlson why because their average viewer is 68 and a half years old and doesn't want to watch things online that's why they watch linear tv that's their generation so 
this is this is quickening that ultimate outcome is, is this decision um, and this kind of alignment that that Tucker's just like I'll just take matters into my own hands then and I'm just making social media posts I would imagine if, if, if some a content producer of his magnitude I mean if, for example I have to give Blaze permission to access my social media channels and use my name on their social media channels uh, for marketing and distribution of my content if if I have that kind of authority over my own social media presence given where we're at on the food chain what do, what kind of authority do you think Tucker Carlson has over that see what I'm saying yeah so that's why hey I'm just posting on social media not drawing any revenue not doing any live reads just posting on social media so these are my social media posts while you keep me off the air and still pay me 20 million dollars the the Trump verdict thing I don't understand. Um, it's a case that we didn't get a chance to follow and get a lot of access to. I, um, I I think the most benign explanation, if you think there is one possible, is that given that th- this occurred allegedly in 1989 or something, <laughs> yeah. right? So there's no forensic evidence, and so maybe the jury found her story somewhat sympathetic, um, or they just hate Trump, and so they uh, they ruled for her on two of her three. Uh, a form of sexual abuse and defamation. Otherwise, I'm not sure how you can defame someone defending yourself against a rape charge that that same exact jury didn't find you yeah. liable for. I don't understand that. Here's what I also don't understand. And and this is a guy that in, a, in another era, you and I would have read and quoted a lot. Andy McCarthy at National Review uh, was on Fox News yesterday. I saw this clip on Twitter this morning saying that he thought this was a very reasonable Um, you know, a decision by the jury. First, it might be. I don't know. Okay, I I don't know that. Wasn't privy to any of the evidence. Only thing I've seen out of this trial is his accuser going on and freaking Anderson Cooper out by saying that, you know, rape is hot, okay, and sex fantasy, and the, the clip of Trump saying she's not my type. Those are literally the only two things from this case I have seen. I don't have an opinion other than as a general rule, I believe those criminally convicted of rape should be executed. All right. But we'll get to more of that here in the Trevor or the Matariza story in a moment. Um, But when Andy McCarthy says this was a jury, not a panel of Democrats, that's a quote. Come on, man. It's Manhattan. And it's a jury, not a panel of Democrats. You know, I mean, do these people actually believe the things they say out loud i think he does that's disappointing he doesn't have a history of grotesque partisanship i mean i know you've talked about him quite glowingly and i would have never disagreed with that in the past but i I think their way of thinking about things is very insular their race yep that's a 2005 analysis they return back to normal they simply do not have eyes to see there's no there's no other kind of jury in manhattan other than a panel of democrats guys okay so i mean come on i mean i just i just i just saw that and i had i watched that two or three are you are you serious when you say that like do you really believe that because I have no under, I have no idea how you could believe something like that in the age and era in which we live. Okay, it's really sad because you, he made his bones convicting terrorists. Correct. We're dealing with terror, with domestic terrorists here, Andy. Wisen up. I mean, I just okay. Um, on the James Comer evidence, Senator Ron Johnson was on television this morning. I just tweeted this clip out. 
saying that they also have evidence, hard evidence, that Hunter Biden paid tens of thousands of dollars to prostitutes who were caught up in an international sex trafficking ring. Probably the kinds of prostitutes that you saw from those videos on his phone. Remember when they accused Trump of uh, being a, a, a compromise because of the P-tape that Putin allegedly had on him for uh, water sports with Russian hookers and all the while uh, Hunter Biden was actually chronicling and mm. cataloging and preserving the black, male, the black male material needed against him to be compromised with actual said trafficked Russian hookers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, does this story go anywhere? No. Maybe, but not for reasons of justice, for reasons of politics. All right, so help, help me understand then why James Comer and the group of Republicans that stood up there today and, and made a very impressive presentation. Why then the next, the final line was, and that is why we will be opening up impeachment proceedings uh, and the subcommittee begins meeting at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Tell me why that wasn't the next line. Uh, if this that, is all true, tell me that why that's not the next line. Well... You don't need impeachment proceedings necessarily. If you have if you have Republicans and Democrats ultimately simply deciding instead of that dog and pony show we had before, where it's all about the p tapes and things like that, we're absolutely. This is not new. You think this just came across their table? That we've no. So so what? It's so what so is sloppy. It? We've known this for a long time. So now the a most logical Occam's razor answer is: is there are more and more forces combining and or colluding together to push Joe to just Biden, push Joe Biden out? left? Okay. So a bunch of people who already weren't going to vote for Joe Biden just got another reason to not vote for Joe Biden. Okay. Then, if that's why you pursue the kind of punitive action that impeachment provides. But isn't that why it's there? Then what are we doing here? Then, then this, these are just political commercials. And, and, this, and all the people that would respond to it, we're, gonna, we're already responding to you. Like, I, I don't believe there's too many people in America that are like, you know what, man, I just am shocked to hear no. Hunter Biden's a terrible person. Here's, I just don't think we need impeachment. Uh, it, that's a normal course of action. The man was necromanced. He was winning nothing, and all of a sudden, he was the man who would save us. The reverse can happen. Whenever whatever forces did that decide, Joe, you're done. I believe that can happen. I'm not certain it's going to happen, but that seems to be the most logical answer with this. In, in many respects, I almost if, if what you're saying is true, then I think the odds of a Trump DOJ indictment go up all the more. Uh, they just indict Hunter Biden, and that just simply becomes the, the, the moral and political cover to then turn around and indict Donald Trump. And they can say, hey, you're right. You got him. And, uh, you know, we're, we're not doing any more witch hunts here. We're treating, the, you know, justice is blind. You guys brought us the evidence of Hunter Biden, and you know what? Turns out you're right. So here's the indictment from the D.C. federal circuit jury, at grand jury, and, and, and tomorrow is the, uh, when we announce the indictment of Donald Trump for mishandling of uh, secured documents. That is a masterclass in nothing matters theater right there. I, that's, that's my point. To me, that's why you announce impeachment, Todd, so that you, you direct where this is going to go. You're not an island in their stream. You see what I'm saying? You're not, you're not inadvertently playing into whatever narrative they want to conjure up to kick Dementia Joe out the door. You are directing your own jet stream. You have your own economy. You have your own ecosystem. And this is the outcome that this is going to. Otherwise, you're going to get caught up in the jet stream of what you just talked about. 
and and in yeah, some respects, welcome to Washington D.C. And, and these hacks and, on and, both and, sides, and, yeah. and, and why you they and why they lose all the time. Yes, yes, I know. So that's we, why we I'm, aren't ad- even I'm arguing. I'm, we're I, no, we're not. Okay, you're just you're you're. I'm just advocating a strategy that may not lose this time. All right, I don't well, know that it'll win. I just know that the other adorable. one is a loss. Adorable. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Nikki Haley. I, I speaking <laughs> of do you, do people listen to the things they say out loud sometimes? First of all, they didn't criticize him and he sued him. That's just factually not accurate. Yeah. They went to his office and lobbied him to to not have legislation that kicked pedo groomer content and indoctrination out of the schools. And then they aided and abetted the mislabeling of that and the mischaracterization of that legislation as the quote, don't say gay bill. They, they politically lobbied Nikki. They politically lobbied, Disney did, while on the state's dime and and receiving benefits from the state no other corporation in the state of Florida receives, including no other public tourist attraction. They then used that gratis to march into the governor's office and say, hey, keep the gay porn in the schools. No, it wasn't they criticized. That's just not factually accurate. So either you're dumb or you just lied. There's a commandment for that, the bearing of false witness. Now, I don't know if you did it intentionally or unintentionally, but you just broke it there, sister. That's not factually accurate. And then we get to the conclusion that Aaron drew in his montage. So the remedy is that all the elites get together in the back room and just solve these things. I mean, that's, are you, are you, Are you listening to yourselves? Can I just say I was wrong about her? And you were right, maybe not for the reasons. I just thought she would end up being a bigger player because I thought she would be above it. This she might just be squished GOP. Yep. I never thought she would be this desperate. She doesn't have to be. She, She's that, a known quantity, right. but she right. is. That's that's the that's the desperation yes. angle. Why? Doesn't have to do this. I mean, this is this we is know just, who you are, Nikki Haley. Not not to mention. Uh, you, <laughs> I used to take all kinds of advertising dollars from Planned Parenthood on my local show back in the day. And you know what I would do with it? I'd, I'd spend it. And, and then I would turn around and we actually took their actual commercials and turned them, the, like the audio, everything. And we, we turned them into parodies of Planned Parenthood. And I did my best to elect as many pro-life people to the Iowa legislature as I possibly could. It is not, it's not hypocritical to take Disney's donor money as a donor and then go against their wishes. What you're advocating, actually, Nikki, is you're admitting that you're a prostitute for corporations. That you, when you take people's money, you must do their bidding. Now, that's what's wrong, Nikki, with Republicans like you. And thank you for confirming that for us again, that that's actually how the process has worked for many, many years. When we take money from somebody, it means we absolutely have to do whatever they tell us to do. We're, we're, we're bought and sold at that point. They're the, they're the pimp, uh, and, uh, and, and, and you know, we're the hoe, basically. I know you don't. I know. I know that you don't see a lot of this in this day and age, Nikki. Particularly, it looks like based on the people you elect in South Carolina and your fake red state where you live. But where somehow we ended up with two U.S. senators, and none of them, neither one of them, out of South Carolina, and none of neither one of them can find a wife. Huh. Man, what are the odds of that? 
two U.S. senators, you'd think they'd have women just throwing themselves at somebody like that. You know, people on the come, people on the way up, people with power. You'd think they'd, just, you'd, think they'd be loaded with scandals of women trying to get in with, uh, with two people with, with that kind of a stage and a platform. Instead, so supposed red state South Carolina, where you governed, um, supposedly was able to find two people to run for U.S. Senate and represent them, two men who neither one have a wife. I find that extremely odd. Uh, an extremely odd coincidence. So because of, apparently, you guys elect women, men who have no affection for women there, maybe you're not accustomed to how male alpha males behave. But it is actually the boss of boss moves to take money from somebody to then turn around and use it to punch them in the balls with it. That was a DeSantis commercial, honey. She'll be out by Labor Day, Halloween at the latest. Which brings us to the Matt Ariza story. Ariza story, I'm sorry. Bottom line, if you are criminally convicted of rape, you should be executed. If you make a false accusation of rape and you're an adult, minimum, 10-year prison sentence, no possibility of parole, minimum. Absolute minimum, no parole. We either take this stuff seriously or we don't. Now, why would I not say you should get the same penalty as the as the as as what the person that you charged with rape falsely would get? Because it is still, we have to recognize it is still not an easy case for a woman to make, in many cases, to stand up there. So I'm willing to balance the scales thusly, but there should absolutely be a punitive penalty, minimum ten years, federal prison or state prison, I should say, minimum ten years, no possibility of parole. If you're going to make a false allegation like this, that's just materially, he wasn't even there, completely and totally false. Well, if you have any doubts about our fine friends over at Bonner Private Wines, look no further than our esteemed colleague here, Todd Erzin, because he will give you a resounding endorsement of these outstanding red wines grown at 9,000 feet of altitude deep in the Andes Mountains by families going on a second century of doing wine the uh, way it was supposed to be done, the old-fashioned way. If you want to try them today, um, they have this great deal that's been going on for quite a while, and they've made it even better now. So you get 50% off the wine. used to be 50% off the wine and then 50% off the shipping, which is a big deal when you're talking about imported wine. They've made it even better. You still get 50% off the three bottles of wine. They, they come in, in boxes of three. So you still get uh, 50% off of that. But now the shipping's free. You don't pay anything. Don't pay any of the freight at all. Shipping is free. Just 50% off the wine. And they throw in a f- bonus bottle of small batched limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar at no additional cost. You can't beat it. Just go to BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. B-O-N-N-E-R. B-O-N-N-E-R. That's how Bonner is spelled. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. Once again, that is BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. Let us get to it. Buy, sell, or hold. We'll get through as many of these in this segment as we possibly can. 
And then the rest we will have in overtime for Blaze TV subscribers later today at blazetv.com slash day. So you know the rules. All right, Aaron, with help from you in the audience, will put forth to Todd and I a series of uh, statements via Twitter, predictions, lists, et cetera. Todd, you and I will decide. Are we going to buy it? Are we going to sell it? Maybe even have a rationale why we chose one or the other. And then if you choose to use hold at any point, then you have violated the dude code. And as a result, you will be punished by needing to find out you will need to you will need to acquire firsthand knowledge why indeed Lindsey Graham was not able to find a, a, a fine woman in the state of South Carolina to marry him after all these years. Let's play. Let us play. Let's go. We'll begin with Dueling Politics, who says if RFK Jr. was the Dem nominee and ran on Dem policies from 1998, the Republicans would run to the left trying to get the woke vote. <laughs> I don't believe that. Okay. Um, that being said, he would, uh, he would win. I'll buy. I, that being said, if, if, I think he would win. Very fascinating poll yesterday. Um, and I only read it because I've never seen a poll like this. Cause you guys know what I've, I just got through telling you a couple days ago. Don't read any national polls, but I've never seen one like this cause he's a unique candidate. So Rasmussen did a poll where they asked voters overall, whom would you like to see be the Democratic nominee? Not just Democrats, but like independents, Republicans. Whom would you like to see be the Democratic nominee? And I think RFK Jr. was only behind Joe Biden by one point. Now, most of that difference came from independents and Republicans. When they just polled Democrats, Joe Biden was way ahead. I mean, I, I, I think he would win the presidency if he was their nominee. You can make an argument he might be their best chance to win the presidency if indeed they decide to go ahead and try to ride Dementia Joe through another election. I'm going to sell. the Running to the woke part in many respects, yeah, I'm not... I, I, nothing would shock me on that front, but you got to remember why Kennedy and over how many years it's taken. He's, it's, it's the VAC stuff. And and very prominently now, it's uh, the uh, anti-intelligence mm-hmm. community stuff. There's not many people of any kind that are just going to be. See, you can't set that aside. There, it's it's refreshing. It's opening people's eyes. But again, how programmed people are, that people aren't racing to that stuff. Uh, you and I are a little bitch and enjoy people like that. Your average person, that's going to scare the crap out of them. I think Republicans would just would also run a typical corporatist 1998 campaign in response. That's another reason why I think he'd beat them. Sean Griffith says we haven't had a real conservative president in my lifetime. He was born in 1986. I would I would would buy that. Um, The the second term of Reagan was a disappointment um, on a domestic level, for sure. I mean, foreign policy-wise, it led to the that was the final ending of the of the. They set the stage for the final ending of the Soviet Union to come in the next couple of years. Eighty-six was the amnesty, right? Yep, that was the year that Reagan put out the amnesty, both for illegals and also for uh, drug. De- I'm sorry, uh, pharmaceutical companies. Yes, <laughs> um, and uh, um, and I, I don't think Trump is a conservative, and I don't mean that as a slight. I, I think Trump is a unique figure I, I i think that he doesn't have a definable ideology um and i think it's 
Um, it's because I, I think that he's a guy that is kind of a, collect, a collage of different worldviews and uh, or different uh, ideologies and belief systems that are largely filtered through two things, his genuine love for the country and his ego. And so I don't think that there is a, a, a discernible, definable um, ideology there. Although I would argue if you are a conservative, you got more out of Trump's first term than you have gotten out of Republicans in Washington, D.C. since the first six months after the contract mm-hmm. with America. But I think that wasn't necessarily because he set out to um, to dispense conservatism. It just lined up with what Trump's priorities and and, um, you know, uh, his agenda was in the White House, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am going to buy. But I think one of the things, uh, a conservative, that's part of the problem. It's been like a costume that increasingly, you know, guys like Mitch McConnell put on by grabbing their gun and things like that. I mean, really, don't. I don't want anybody to just like be a conservative. I think Steve over the years has done a really good job of talking about what, what is conservatism. It's, it's, it's a set of principles and it's a form of analysis about what works and observational science is mm-hmm. the way you've put Which it. I stole that from Mark Levin, by and the then, way, so don't give me credit. But for then that, everybody, but, yeah. but other than that, you ex- be a man in full being, you look like you can look different. It doesn't have to just be one identity. And I think we've really cheapened it by basically turning it into a costume instead of saying you, you can come from a lot of different backgrounds, look a lot of different ways, have different interests, have different priorities in some respects but you will govern conservatively as a conservative because they're principles. They are something beyond you instead of a personality. And because if we make it a personality, then everybody starts to smell BS all the time. That, I mean, 10 years ago, I would not have viewed what Ron DeSantis did to Disney as conservatism. 10 years ago, it also wasn't necessary. Yeah. So Ron, exactly. Disney has decided to affirmatively enlist against me. And my value system and my my way of life, mm-hmm. and 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 therefore now it is necessary to punch them in the throat in ways I would not have been comfortable having government deal with private the private sector in the past. But now that the private sector is has decided to align with elements of the public sector to essentially uh, eject me from the public square, then yeah, you bet your rear end. Yeah. I'm totally fine with it. Why? Because I'm trying to conserve that which history has 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 revealed to be, as you would like to say, Todd. Uh, true and beautiful for the human condition east of Eden. All right. Disney promoting pedogroomerism and lobbying on that behalf doesn't do those things. So therefore, my allegiance isn't to an ideology as much as it's, I mean, that would make me an idolater. I'm a Christian. Okay. My allegiance is to my Christian Mm -hmm. uh, values and Disney now is getting in the way of them. And so I am totally fine with Ron DeSantis using the lever of government to slit their throat. Frankly, I wish he would do it more often and and make an example of it. In both cases, we're against tyranny. Back then we were against tyranny going after uh, corporations and private enterprise. Unfortunately, we failed. They succeeded. And now the corporations run by tyranny are coming after us. Correct. Yes. Next up, uh, Chris B. says, Tucker Carlson's move to Twitter means Twitter is now in the crosshairs of the FBI. Oh, oh bye. bye. That was true beforehand. Though. Yeah, uh, that was probably true beforehand. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think if anything, Elon went from third or fourth on the on the SWAT list to maybe number two or number one at this point. Yeah, I agree. Tinfoil Hat Girl says, we'll know the truth about the JFK assassination before we find out the motive of the Vegas shooter or see the Nashville shooter's manifesto. 
The Nashville shooter, you mean? Um, I'll, I'll sell because I, th- I think I would have agreed with the, the. Well, they've already tried their cover story on yeah. the Vegas shooter, and it's just beyond preposterous. Um, I, I think I, I think you will get the Nashville shooters manifesto. It may not be officially, but so it, it, uh, somewhere uh, along the line, uh, someone's going to give you access let's to just that. Say we've had leadership in in that government on our show before, mm-hmm. Steve. Just. There's no, you have to make sure that it happens. Even mm-hmm. if your governor is a squish, this is your test of whether you can effectively govern, quite frankly. is If you can't get this out into the open, I, I'm sorry. Uh, it's just not really a red state. Before we move on, I know a lot of you like to listen to us via the podcast. Have you struggled to find those earbuds, though, that like will stay in your ear and actually cancel out noise? So you like to listen, mowing the lawn, taking long walks, working out at the gym. I've got the perfect fit for you. And that's one of the reasons that Raycon has become so popular. Uh, So many five-star reviews. Uh, In fact, over 50,000 of them. Over 50,000 five-star reviews for Raycon. R-A-Y-C-O-N as in Nancy, Raycon. All right. They offer you buy now, pay later options. You can pay as low as $18 at checkout. Hey, it's not like these are that expensive to begin with. It's just they understand in a let's go brand and economy, you need all the options that you can get. Uh, two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. Free domestic shipping, flat free or flat fee international shipping. So if you're one of our Canadian listeners that I, I've, I've heard from that you're all very excited because you're getting nefarious this weekend in about 40 theaters, I think it is, uh, up north. Um, Noise isolation, earbud tap functions, awareness mode, even while you're working out or out working in the yard or taking walks, listening to your favorite podcast, hopefully we're one of them. You want to take a call, do that with your Raycons as well. Uh, Eight hours of playtime with their everyday earbuds that are also water and sweat resistant. 15% off your order when you go to Raycon, raycon raycon.com slash Steve. Anything in the store, 15% off your order at raycon.com slash Dave. Up next, we go to Raymond Fava, who says RFK Jr. is a conservative media sideshow, much like Tulsi Gabbard. Providing coverage of him is a waste of time. Sell. Now, yes. and, and, that, and you might even be right. Uh, your premise might be correct. Here's why I don't believe your application. And I'm just speaking for myself. I think it is vitally important for him to put everybody on the record on where they truly stand in the Democratic Party. Because we are rapidly heading here to a zero-sum game politically and, frankly, might already be at it. And that's, that's going to require certain political... Um, con- level a, a certain level of political confrontation that's going to that's gonna have us doing shows in the not-too-distant future when we're going to say things like, man... Remember when DeSantis went after Disney and we thought that was really radical? And I think people, we need to, we, before, we, before we go to such places, it is vitally important for people to see on the record where everybody is at. And I think his is a very clarifying candidacy. And I think it is vitally important given the power of his last name, and the boldness in which he articulates issues. I think it is very important that we see once and for all 
in a in a swing state like New Hampshire. It's you know, Republicans and Democrats have ran that state in recent years. Republicans and Democrats have won that state in presidential elections in recent years. It's one of the more politically savvy states in the union. Uh, he, of course, his family has a long lineage there. New Hampshire is basically an extension of the Boston television market. I think it is vitally important for all of us to see how much sanity remains in the Democratic Party. Now, I don't get me wrong. I'm not naive. I'm fully prepared to be disappointed. But I don't know how much some of our colleagues are prepared to be disappointed. And I think we need the actual information, not anecdotal stuff. Hey, look at the crazy stuff they're saying on Twitter. Actual information. That's the difference between someone someone tweets out, hey, I, I'm vaccine injured or my daughter died because of the vaccine. And then and then you get a hold of Pfizer's actual data. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then and now we've got the quantification. That's to me what his candidacy is, is a quantification. How much sanity remains? And I think he has a he has a, he has he has the possibility of supplying us that answer that maybe no one else that we that is realistic for to run could provide for us. And I think that's a very useful exercise. So no, I don't think it's a waste of time at all. Oh, I absolutely don't. I mean, there's all kinds of shameless politicians who will grab onto an issue or a moment they sense a zeitgeist decide to. Uh, again, we're talking about big pharma, and we're talking about the intelligence community. There. They're, I think about him whatever you want to broadly to the past as a Kennedy whatever but we, you repeat yourself yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know what we think on this show about those issues and the overlap with Kennedy is nearly complete I don't think you can dismiss him so easily as that Make America Florida says a week after DeSantis announces his presidential run there will be a 10 point bump in Iowa and New Hampshire primary polls 10 points. That's a lot, man. In what frame of time? In a week? In a week? That, that's a lot. Let's say... Uh, I don't even th- know that we'll have a poll of Iowa New Hampshire yeah. in a week after he announces, because I don't even know when he's announcing yet. Yeah. I just know it's literally any day. Any day could mean first week of June, could mean next week, you know? So I'm, I'm going to sell because I also don't know what time period there will be. Keep in mind, it takes about three days to do a poll. So, you'd, you know, yeah, that's just a really truncated amount of time. So I'm going to sell sell and also an announcement you know is is one thing a first speech slash course of action is another matter so people may be like okay i mean there's going to be some kind of jump mm-hmm. three four points but then they're going to wait and to see what like what what, what what kind of sauce is he bringing right out of the gate okay Let's see, one more before we get out of this segment. Uh, Empty Road says, Many movie and TV scripts of the last year were secretly written by AI, and that's the real reason for the writer's strike. Did you know there's a writer's strike going on? I, I'm, I am aware of it because I'm, my Twitter timeline is not littered with um, reaction tapes to whatever Stephen Colbert and um, uh, what's his nuts, uh, Jimmy, uh, not Fallon, uh, Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel was saying, yeah, Listen. okay. I'm, I'm going to sell on that, but I think you're only maybe a few months away from that potentially being true. Yeah, they may bring it to pass. Uh, yeah. I, I'm selling as well. I love a good conspiracy more than ever these days. I'm willing to entertain just about anything. I, I really don't even but, know what a conspiracy theory is these yeah. days, frankly. But Occam's razor is these twits are really that self-important douchebags. That's the correct answer. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the correct answer, but I loved it nevertheless, so I'm going to agree. 
All right, we'll come back. The weekly prophet of woe and lamentation will join us as will Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy next. Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Todd and Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox, which you can take advantage of by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook, MeWe and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can also find me on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there. That's at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. If you are a podcast listener, thank you so much. Please, if you wouldn't mind, leave us a five-star review if you like the show. I mean, I would never ask you to misrepresent yourself. But if you like the show, please leave us a five-star review if you haven't already. Hit subscribe or follow as well. And thank you to each and every one of you that have done those things for us. We appreciate each and every one of you for doing them. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. Americans have had it with corporations aligning with the government to conspire to impose fascism on us. That's why they are demanding more and more of a parallel economy. Unfortunately, that just can't be created in real time instantly. So take advantage of the opportunities, few as they are these days, when you have them. And thankfully, one of those places that we all have to take part in these days, if we're going to live in modern America, is with our mobile phones. And that's why you can, right now, make the switch to Patriot Mobile. They're really America's only American mobile phone company left. All right. If you're a veteran or first responder, let them know when you make the switch. They'll give you extra incentives as a way of saying thank you for your service uh, to the country. Uh, For the rest of us, if you want to make the switch, two things to know. Number one, you get a free activation. If you use my name, Steve, as your offer code, a free activation with the offer code, Steve. And then number two, they offer a coverage guarantee. So if you move to a part of your state where one network is weaker than another, uh, to another state where a network is weaker than the one you had before, you can make the switch anytime for free to any of the three major networks in the country. That's the kind of customer service they provide for you at Patriot Mobile. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Again, that's patriotmobile.com slash Steve or call 878-PATRIOT. Again, that's 878-PATRIOT. All right, so where are we at here? So I think we've got Vivek uh, on Skype here. We might have to go with video. Vivek, uh, can you uh, hear us? I can. Can you hear me? We got you. There he is. All right. All right. We're in a bus. All right. So we, we, we got it figured out. All right. He is on the road, literally on the campaign trail here in Iowa. Vivek Ramaswamy joins us here on the Steve Day Show. Vivek, first of all, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it, as always. I think you Likewise. still remain the only, yeah, he is the only presidential candidate so far this cycle that has actually been on the show. So we appreciate that. Um, the last couple of weeks since we last had you on, there are some things that have come up on this show that, that uh, concerning you that um, are we find concerning. And frankly, we just thought we wanted to give you a chance to address them head on, if you wouldn't mind. And I, yeah, I, sure. I, I want to start. This is a clip from one of the finest men I've ever met in this business. Now, admittedly, 
He is really close with the DeSantis's and has been for many years. Okay. Um, but to Daniel Horowitz, our colleague here at the blaze is one of my best friends, but I mean, he, we all have our biases and he's close with that family. That should be noted. Um, and I, he's been pretty hard on you. And so on the show recently, I asked him why, and we recorded this clip and I want to let you see it so that you can respond to it directly. Here we go. So like everyone else, I never heard of the vacant until about two months ago. He came on the scene, started saying a lot of things that you and I agree with, had nothing against him. And I said, hey, it's good. Give this man a forum. And indeed, he was pretty much uh, promoted on every Fox show, every conservative talk radio show. But then we started noticing two things. He would never touch the vaccines and he would never touch Trump. And those are two independent things, although they do kind of conjoin. And those are kind of the 800-pound gorillas in the room in terms of influencers on our side as well as issues on our side. So as it relates to Trump, I've never seen such a lack of rationale for a candidacy as Vivek's. This is the first time in modern history we've had a de facto incumbent without having an incumbent. In other words, typically you have an incumbent – uh, who's running for re-election as president. So then obviously there's token opposition, no opposition, there's no primary. In this case, there is, but Trump is essentially the status quo. The polls show him way ahead. He has a lot of support. Most people would love to go back to Trump over Biden. He is the man. Vivek has had nothing but praise for Trump, has never said why he's running. He seems to like Trump. He hates DeSantis. It's as if DeSantis is the status quo, and it's as if nothing he's done in Florida matters. So why is he running? Just step aside and let Trump run. The other thing is he offers every single piece of red meat you can imagine to the base on every issue. And he, by the way, claims that he is the originator of those views, which is bizarre because every one of them we've been talking about and writing about for over a decade. But that's fine. I mean, just don't don't claim credit for it. Um, and then say everyone else is plagiarizing you. But the one thing he won't touch is the vaccine. And this is important because his background is in pharmaceuticals. He was never elected to anything. So it's important we look at his background. As late as January 2022, he was saying social distancing and masking worked and was promoting the vaccine. And then to this day, uh, even when he's been given an opportunity to divulge his opinion on it, he refuses to talk about it. So that obviously gives us pause as to his background in pharmaceuticals. Is he for the Pfizer agenda? Is he for the mass vaccination agenda? Um, and I would just say one more thing on that, Steve, and I know I'm past my two minutes, but look, this is important. It's very easy not to be elected to anything. You and I are unelected. We could say anything we want. It's another thing to govern, to actually do things. We have heard candidates say great things forever. In fact, most of the time they do, including people you and I have supported, and then they disappointed us. What you need is someone who actually implemented these things. What I find interesting is that without any of the pressure to have to govern, when all he needs to do is do base pleasing, as late as January 2022, he was promoting all the things we didn't like on COVID. That is very late into the ballgame and very hard to overlook. Now, before I let you respond, I'm going to give you as much time as you want to respond to that. 
the former president himself. So this isn't just, you know, Daniel Horowitz, friends of the DeSantis family, uh, you know, is, is butthurt that you keep going after his guy. The former president himself posted this on his social media platform. I am pleased to see that Vivek Ramaswamy is doing so well in the most recent Republican primary poll. He's tied with Mike Pence and seems to be on his way to catching Ron to sanctimonious. The thing I like about Vivek is that he only has good things to say about President Trump and all that the Trump administration has so successfully done. And this is the reason he is doing so well. I want to let you go ahead and respond, Vivek. Yeah, that was a uh, certainly a long clip, but I appreciate you giving me the chance to see it. Um, so, frankly, I don't know what's this individual Horowitz. Uh, you know, seems like a nice enough guy based on what you say. He's totally off base. Where are the facts on this, Steve? I think that you know when you set this up, I think my team sent you. You can read them on the air. Probably 10, 20 clips of me on media. Yes, I have been on a lot of media. What are the headlines? Vivek slams Trump. Vivek talks about Trump being uncourageous for saying not to debate. So I don't want to play this game. I know DeSantis' supporters can often be thin-skinned when I'm not criticizing Trump as much as they would want me to, but I'm not their proxy. Maybe that's Horowitz's job to be their proxy. My job is to stand for what I believe in. And I think it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, yes, when I became the first candidate to openly and unapologetically state my true belief that Donald Trump should not have been subject to a politicized persecution through prosecution in New York. And I stand by that. And I wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal explaining why I would pardon him if I'm elected as the next president. That has nothing to do with Donald Trump. That has to do with first principles relating to the rule of law, because if it had been anyone other than Trump and Alvin Bragg had not been elected on the promise of going after Trump, they wouldn't have been prosecuted. And I can go into the legal details of why that's an anomaly. That rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. When, what I said is the reason why is if they can do it to Trump, they can do it to you. It's not about Trump, it's about the country. But I have been very open about the fact that the America First agenda does not belong to Trump, doesn't belong to me, it belongs to the people of this country, that I will take the America First agenda further than Donald Trump ever did, because I'm doing it based on first principles and moral authority, not vengeance and grievance. I am unafraid, Steve, and I have been doing it every step of this campaign since day one in drawing that contrast versus Donald Trump. So the fact that DeSantis proxies may find it a little bit unappealing that I'm not criticizing Trump as much as they would want to, they can say what they want to and state their beliefs, but I'm going to state mine. I'm in this race for a reason. It is to stop running from something. It is to run to something, what it means to be an American. To put America first, we have to rediscover what America is. I'm leading the way on that, and I'm doing it by drawing contrasts with DeSantis, with Trump, with Biden, but most importantly, actually stating what I think is required for a national revival. So the the thing I would say with due respect to Mr. Horowitz, I didn't catch his first name, but whoever it is, the DeSantis proxy or friend you mentioned, is... Look, I'm sure that everyone should have reasons to be skeptical of a new guy. I understand that. Our country has given us lots of reasons to be skeptical of what we're fed. So people should be skeptical, and I'm never going to criticize them for that. But you've got to be grounded in facts. And where there are 10-plus interviews, I mean, I was on national television with Chuck Todd expressly laying out why I was a better candidate in this race than Donald Trump, headlines afterwards describing me slamming Trump. I think it's completely off base for somebody to then show up and say that I won't criticize Donald Trump. That's just factually off base. 
By the, way, you, by the way, your team, you, I'm sorry, finish your point. I, I wanted to let you finish, oh. my bad. I thought you were done. You want me to address two things, so I'll just address the other one briefly, and then I'll hear from you, Steve. The other thing that's factually off base is my position on vaccines or the vaccine mandate. I have been expressly, abundantly clear. I'll do it right here. I'm dead set against any form of vaccine mandate, full stop. I think there are a lot of ways in which the FDA has been corrupted. I have been vocal about that fact. And you're right. I do have knowledge about the corruption in the FDA and the pharmaceutical industry that's built in the shadow of the FDA. I've given length speeches on this, Steve. And so I just think I'm, it's not this Horowitz's job to track everything I've said, because I've been saying I've been very active over the last year and over the last 10 weeks of this campaign. So I'm not going to fault anybody for not following every last thing I've said. But what I will say is you can't come out explicitly making factual statements that I haven't actually drawn contrasts or fairly criticized President Trump when I absolutely have. You can't come out and say that I haven't said a word about my position on vaccine mandates or COVID policies and then mischaracterize what I have said when, in fact, I've absolutely said the things I'm saying to you right now. So it's not his job to spend his time listening to every last thing I said. But if he wants to comment on what I'm not saying, then he better darn well have listened to everything that I've said. But, Steve, I think that you know I'm more interested in talking to you about actually where we are going. I, I think that we have long as a movement been running from something I'm leading a movement to actually lead us to an affirmative vision of not just what it means to be a conservative, but what it means to be an American. And I think that's the question I'm most interested in. And look, I do I do think it's threatening to a lot of people that I did start at zero. I'm now polling tied for third in the two most recent national polls. It's not surprising that we'll take some incoming fire. If you can't handle the heat, you stay out of the kitchen. And I'm critical of Trump and DeSantis equally for hiding from debate. DeSantis says he won't talk to NBC News. Well, I think if you won't sit across the table from Chuck Todd or Don Lemon like I do, then you shouldn't be sitting across the table from Xi Jinping. But I've said the same thing about Donald Trump. If you're not actually going to show up on the debate stage and sit across and debate the new challenger, the new the new outsider in this race, which is what I am, then you shouldn't be sitting across the table from Xi Jinping either. And I said that on Meet the Press as well. And so I just think facts matter. Truth matters. I think that everyone in our movement recognizes that something we've forgotten is truth. And so, you know, having listened to that clip, I heard it for the first time now when you just played it. Uh, the only reason I was cringing a little bit is because it was so f if you want to actually debate me on policy, that's great. Let's have that debate. But don't do it on these artificial facts as, as insecure as a DeSantis supporter may feel by my rise. You can't actually make up facts that actually deflect from the truth of what we should actually be debating. I do want to have a discussion about policy since you brought it up. But your team did send us something. I became aware of it five minutes before we brought you on. So I, I had no time to review it. So that's why I, I did not discuss it. You played it here, but but uh, but I just wanted to be clear about. Yeah, the your fact team did I send us something. It's just it was literally as we were coming onto the show that I received it. So I just didn't have time to review it. But um, I wanted. I was gone last Tuesday, Vivek, and Todd and Aaron did the show in my place. And when I came back and found out what they had done, I frankly I thought they were too hard on you. And then I watched the clip that they were reacting to, and I will tell you, on a, just a personal level. Um, I spent two hours with you, as you know, here in Iowa last, uh, just in January. I was very impressed, came back and gave a glowing review to my audience at what I had seen. I thought you were very thoughtful, very informed. I thought at the very least you would elevate the conversation. 
Um, that's uh, that's an hour and 50 minutes more than I've ever spent with Ron DeSantis in my life. I met him in a closet at CPAC in a hallway for 10 minutes a decade ago. All right. So I know you a lot better than I know him. And you and I have only spent two hours together at a town hall. And I, I just when I saw this clip, I, I realized what they were reacting to. And I just I want to play this clip. It's an interview that you did with Reason recently. All right. Here's the clip. Sure. Ron DeSantis just says whatever he thinks the political base wants to hear in a given moment. He doesn't have independent of it, I, a thoughts of his own. He responds to Twitter and the effects of it. Um, so, so I don't know what Ron DeSantis thinks. I just know what comes out of his mouth reflects yeah. what he thinks is going to achieve that dopamine hit in getting a Twitter trend. So I think Ron DeSantis is sloppy. I think Ron DeSantis is sloppy because he doesn't have an understanding of why he's doing what he's doing. I think that, and it's a shame that he has screwed this up in many ways that have folks like yourselves, maybe in person ask that question, understandably irritated when somebody says they're fighting wokeness. First of all, that's how I'm labeled. I never actually say that I'm waging a war on wokeness. I say I want a crusade to re revive a missing national identity. Those are different things. That's what's me versus Ron DeSantis is different. Mm -hmm. Is Ron I mean, DeSantis is a, book called is a troll. The Ron DeSantis is a troll. They, they just wrapped up the legislative session in Florida. So you want to discuss policy outcomes. It would take, how many panels is this, Aaron? How many, how many pictures is it? Four? So we can just go through. I mean, here's panel one of all the policy outcomes they did in Florida. Hear me? Um, can you hear us? You, are you hearing us okay, Vivek? Looks like it just dropped. I'll try to endeavor to get him back. Okay. Do we have him back? I thought I just heard him there. Yeah, Vivek, can you hear us? Well, I'll try to call him back. Okay. You able to hear me? Yeah, there he is. There he is. I have him now. Is he there? You still can't hear me? I'll drop and reconnect. With All right. Him. We'll drop and try to reconnect here. Okay. So I'm not really sure what to say because I don't want to make a point and then have to restate it if we get reconnect with him. Um, well, you can just talk about the analysis, the part we've already done on the show with him and Daniel. I mean, where does... Do we have him back? Working on it. Okay. Well, this is very awkward. We're <laughs> going to give this uh, two minutes, and then we're just going to have to move on. We, we can't how subject the audience to a constant How are your Tigers doing, Steve? <laughs> I think they actually should trade Eduardo Rodriguez actually now while he's pitching so well. Um, get as much of a bounty for that. Although, you know, on the other hand, the argument could be made. Hold on to him to the trade deadline and then deal him, you know. Maybe he'll have multiple there suitors. All right, there he is. We have him back. All right. No, hey we guys. don't. No, okay. I'm here. I'm here. Yep. Oh, okay. Here. All right. So Turned off the yeah. connection purposes. Okay. So so you can hear me now. You can hear me? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I've never seen a Twitter troll accomplish four panels of legislative agenda as we scroll through these. And what's not even going to be on one of these four panels, you can just scroll through them, Aaron. I'm not going to itemize them all. As we scroll through these four panels, what's not on here is there would not be a Republican majority in the U.S. Congress right now if he had not called the Florida legislature back to a special session last year and demanded they get rid of the tepid uh, redistricting map that they gave him and go with a more aggressive one. That helped actually create the margin for Republicans to have control of the Congress right now. And the point that was made when I was gone last Tuesday after listening to you accuse him of essentially just having no soul, just you know reading Twitter and governing accordingly. Well, you have no policy background. Vivek, you're new at this. You've not held any position. People could question your motives and everything all the time as well. So uh, from a policy standpoint, 
What have you actually accomplished? What have you done? Yeah, well, let me, let me actually say a couple of things, Steve. First of all, that clip that you cut were my responses to two questions that were harshly pushing back from libertarians and from independent-minded voters as a reason po- podcast. Part of the reason is Don, Ron DeSantis doesn't go on those forums himself, right? So part of the reason I do is I talk to anybody from NBC News to reason to the left, to the right, to libertarians. I have that conversation. They're pressing me as a member of the right to defend policies of Ron DeSantis that I actually disagree with. I disagree with DeSantis on the fact that he explicitly conferred crony capitalist protections onto Disney, an exemption from his signature anti-woke bill banning political discrimination amongst website operators. But then at the 11th hour, because of lobbying from Disney to his legislative director, carving in an exemption for anyone who's a theme park operator of 25 acres or more in the state of Florida. Same thing with respect to actually a backroom deal and a a truce that he reached with BlackRock after prominently pulling $700 million or $2 billion from BlackRock, still leaving $13 billion quietly invested afterwards after striking a truce. So I take some policy differentiation from the way Ron DeSantis has governed. Some of that is, I think, the product of crony capitalism. So if I'm running in this race in the same way that I drew the contrasts from Donald Trump that I told you my team sent you, I alluded to many of them in this earlier conversation, it is my job when asked for somebody who's asking me for where I stand relative to DeSantis to be very clear about where I'm in a different place than he is. Now, Steve, you're right. I've never held elected office. My view is that for the U.S. presidency, and and people are free to form their own opinions on this, but my view is for the U.S. presidency, we want an outsider in the White House. The top of my domestic agenda, and you know this, Steve, from the two-hour event you came to, is taking on the administrative state in Washington, D.C. I think the fourth branch of government is fundamentally unconstitutional. I can tell you from my perspective as a CEO, if somebody works for you and you cannot fire them, that means they don't work for you. It means you work for them, and I will shut down the fourth branch of government. I think it takes an outsider to get that job done. Part of the reason why is that many Republicans are beholden to their donor class and base. It's just a fact of how politics works. Money is the mother's milk of politics. I took an eight-figure sum of my own family's money, hard-earned money, and kicked this campaign off with that, so we didn't ask those donors for permission to run. And then we got 30,000 small dollar donors. That is different from Ron DeSantis. That is why I was able to criticize the Silicon Valley bailout after the fall of Silicon Valley Bank while Ron DeSantis stayed silent because it's just a fact. I'm not criticizing him. It's just a fact that one of the biggest beneficiaries and proponents of that bailout had just hosted a fundraiser for Ron DeSantis. It is just a hard fact that he wrote into the law after lobbying from Disney, one of the very exemptions that he later criticized Disney for having. So I think if you're gonna, like I said, if you're gonna enter the kitchen, you can't handle the heat, then stay out of the kitchen. That applies to me, it applies to Trump, it applies to DeSantis, but we have to be able to draw legitimate policy contrasts without having somebody who has such thin skin that's offended by it. Now, the question is, it's up to people to make a choice. I think Ron DeSantis, I have gone out of my way, I've shared stages with him, complimenting a lot of what he has done in Florida. The COVID policies that he adopted. Look, Christy Nome led the way, but DeSantis did a good job. You don't have to be the originator. You can be a good executor. He took a lot of the policies from Christy Nome and implemented them in Florida. That was a success. He's taken a lot of what I've written in Woke Inc. and implemented with success, and I've given him due praise for that. 
But I think we have to be able to draw contrasts, especially when we're going to a primary electorate and making our respective cases. And the good news about our system is it is up to the voters to decide who they want. But the case I'm making is that I think we need an outsider who deeply understands the Constitution, who's running on his own vision, not someone else's, who's not beholden to donors, if you actually want to do the hard thing of reforming the administrative state and then declaring independence from China. All right, let's and talk so, about let's talk about the administrative state. Sure. Do you think Operation Warp Speed was a success? I don't. I think that it was an example of crony capitalism. I'm the chief critic of crony capitalism, which sometimes gets masqueraded in the form of so-called public-private partnerships. I reject that. Some of those public-private partnerships take the form of lobbying dollars, like the kinds I just told you about in the state of Florida. Some of it takes the form in the federal government. I actually think we need to divorce the private sector from government, because that's where a lot of cronyism festers. Do you think the COVID vaccines were safe and effective? And that they save tens of millions of 100 million lives, as President Trump claims. Well, I think that relative to when they came out versus what we now know, we have to react to the new information. I think the public was in many ways duped by what they were told. Unfortunately, it took a couple of years to be able to see that. And so, you know, I, I think that in retrospect, I'd like to see President Trump actually acknowledge and I, I I, I, I don't know where he, what his opinion is on that, so I can't speak for him. But I think that based on the facts that we have now, I'll be very honest with you. I got I got the both the shots. OK, Ron DeSantis won't tell you whether he got the second shot. I don't know about anybody else. I'll be very honest with you. If I was to go through it again, I wouldn't have done it the same way. I think that gives you the clearest answer I possibly can give. Do you think that the president that President Trump was right to give the covid vaccine makers essentially unlimited liability protection? No, I don't think that's that's another example of, again, special rules. I hate this is the thing I hate about the way crony capitalism works, Steve. Special rules, which is a special form of immunity for vaccine manufacturers that didn't apply to any other manufacturer. And it's why I don't like the special exemptions given to Disney in the state of Florida either. That's the examples that you'll consistently see from me, Steve, is I don't like special favoritism as a product of lobbying. I reject it and I stand on principle there. Steve, we're at this event in Cedar Rapids, so I do want to be respectful of the people who are waiting for me here. But if you will have me back, I want to continue this conversation as much as we're going to be in Iowa a lot. And I'll even come in studio and do it with you too. So just let me know. You bet. Thank you for your time. And, uh, Appreciate you guys trying to make the technology work and uh, for the amount of time you gave us. All right. Thank you very much, we're Vivek. Studio sometime. And, and we're, we're like I said, it applies to me, too. You can't handle the heat. Stay out of the kitchen. So give me the hard ones and I'll deal with it. You thank got you, it, man. man. All right. Thank you very much. We didn't have time for this, but there is a clip I want our audience to see, Aaron. Do you have that ready from Joseph Latipo? This is the Florida uh, Surgeon General talking about uh, the latest data on the COVID vaccines. Watch Probably this. almost every American would be surprised to hear these COVID-19 mRNA vaccines specifically are associated with an increased risk of appendicitis. They're associated with an increased risk of Bell's palsy. They're associated with an increased risk of shingles, which can, can be severe in some cases. They're associated with changes in sperm motility and sperm function and sperm count. And most recently, we're finding that they are present in breast milk, even though an earlier study published in the journal the American Medical Association reported that they were not in, in breast milk. And by the way, the reference for the increased risk of things like appendicitis and Bell's palsy, et cetera, comes from a paper that was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. So 
one of the things that I and other people did during the pandemic that distinguished us, we were talking about Dr. Mancharya earlier, is that we tried to be honest and we called things out when they were not honest. All right, so we will have Daniel join us for his normal spot. I think he had a chance to listen to this, so we'll let him have a chance to respond. Get, have you guys be a part of that conversation, too. I didn't get a chance because we were having technical difficulties. Here's, here's why I don't care what he has to say about his policy differences with Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis is a grown-ass man, and he can you know, uh, call balls and strikes and defend himself or choose not to, or maybe not be able to defend himself against the stuff that Vegas saying. The reason that it bothered me, that clip, and since we discussed it in the overtime, a lot of you have not heard me talk about why that bothered me so much. Uh, the, the calling, just, you know, reducing him to a Twitter troll. I also did something with Vivek I don't typically do. I gave him a follow-up appearance on this show where I didn't really ask him any tough questions. I just let him have an opportunity for you guys to get to know him. Why? Because the two hours that I spent with him in Iowa in January, I saw a very thoughtful guy that I thought could really elevate the discourse and the conversation. And that wasn't that long ago. That's only a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. And now just a couple months later, you know, now we're going to just, I mean, uh, that's some of the, the uh, just to completely at that point question someone's motives and core when you barely know them, have barely had any access to them. That's just quite a devolution from the thoughtfulness that I spent two hours with. And if I'd seen anything like that, I would have walked out of there and not given up two hours of my time. And that's the thing I want to know is because I don't know Vivek Ramaswamy. So is it is he the thoughtful guy that I that I saw there that elevated the discourse and the conversation? Or was he, you know, a guy saying a lot of things about a campaign rival that frankly could be say about, said about him? We don't he has no background. He, we don't know what he's done, um, what he's accomplished on any issues we care about. And so how do we know? That he just doesn't go on Twitter, read our blogs, find out what we want to hear. I mean, now, the two hours I spent with him in January, I don't believe that he does that. I don't think he could be that thoughtful doing that. But I think that that was the part about it that disappointed me, is it just sounded like I can get that from anybody else. What I couldn't get is what I saw with my own eyes in January. And just to see that so quickly abandoned at the first hint of any competition or legitimacy uh, greatly concerned me about, well, frankly his true motivations about running. We'll get Daniel's tip next. Well, our friends at Relief Factor are here for you if you need relief from chronic pain. Now, what does that mean? How do you know the difference between clinic, uh, clinical and chronic? Well, if you've got clinical pain, that's because you need something that has uh, and requires specific medical treatment from a professional, like my wife, for example. Next week, she goes in for surgery to clean up some bone spurs in her knee uh, that uh, she got from uh, pushing herself with uh, Pilates. But then after that, so so that those bone spurs require clinical 
full professional treatment. But then after that, we, we got to deal with the arthritis in her knee that was helping to produce those bone spurs in the first place. And so that's what's called chronic pain. And it usually comes from too much inflammation in a particular joint like your knee uh, or your shoulders or elbows, your back. Um, and that's where Relief Factor comes in. Even though it's drug free, it was created by doctors who can prescribe drugs. It's a unique formula that goes right after the inflammation in your body. Find out why about 70% of those who try the three-week starter kit for just 20 bucks end up sticking around long-term because of the results they see in three weeks or less. Just 20 bucks to see if this might be the solution to your chronic pain that you've been looking for. When you head to relieffactor.com, head to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. That's 800-4-RELIEF, the number four, 800-4-RELIEF. All right, let's bring in our colleague and good friend, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, whoever he is, uh, joins us now here on the show. Now, I have, on purpose, I didn't want to hear what any of the three of you said. We didn't discuss this during the break, didn't want to talk about it. All right, uh, all three of you sit here and listen to the conversation we have with Vivek, and I do want to give his team credit for trying to make this happen uh, while he's on the road. A lot of people would have ducked this kind of a conversation. I've got a lot of experience where that is concerned. So I give him credit for showing up for it and giving us the amount of time that he did. And he, yes, he had to get going, but he even said, hey, I want to come back and I'm willing to do it in person and I will take him at his word where that is concerned. All right. So I want to go around the room and get everybody's reaction to this. And Daniel it only seems fitting since your clip kind of started us off with the conversation with Vivek that we let you go first and what you thought or what maybe what you didn't think about what you heard about from Vivek Ramaswamy, primarily in response to what you were saying about him. So I think you deserve a lot of credit for getting that out in the open, and he deserves a lot of credit for bringing himself out in the open, because even though he dodged, distorted, and downright really bared false witness on a number of things, I counted 12 lies or misleading statements in what he said. But nonetheless, I think that is important because your audience is smart enough to flag all those things. And Steve, I'm going to save you all the emails. So if we get it out now, maybe people won't flood you with with emails on this stuff. So let's start with Trump, the debate, um, ducking the debate. So he said, no, I have criticized Trump. But then he struggled to uh, conjure up a moment where he did. And then he said, well, the ducking debates. The problem is even on that, as soon as that came out, he attacked RFK uh, Biden for not debating RFK Jr. It wasn't until after he was pushed that he gently did that as you gently got him to admit certain things. Um, he says he focused so much on Trump's prosecution, the persecution of Trump, um, because it's not just about Trump. It's about all of us. Well, you and I did as well and everyone did. But that's not the point. The point is we we don't blame him for defending uh, the persecution of Trump from Alvin Bragg and these other DAs. The issue is on the policies. This man speaks very passionately about the tranny issue. And I would agree with you, Steve. I think he could potentially elevate the discourse and there is potential for him. And that's why I think he should fill he should fill that slot uh, left by Tucker on Fox. He'd be a great talk show host, um, maybe better than you and I are. He's a great talk show host. He talks good. He says whatever the base wants to hear in response to Twitter. That's literally what he does, except for one or two notorious things. But the tranny issue is his big issue. Trump's entire orbit went to the left on that. Okay, the Bud Light, um, the, the, the Bud Light issue with, with Don Jr. totally sabotaging it. He has nothing to say on what he did on the pro-life issue, on what he did uh, defending New York against Florida on the COVID numbers. Okay, 
it's a little bit weird to step around that. That's my problem. If you really are that passionate and fresh face, you do have to address the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Um, Disney. So Disney, I'm not even going to tell The facts are just wrong there. Um, the individual who actually had the bill getting rid of that um, ex- carve-out uh, went and, and, and called him out on it. The session is very quick. It's only a 59-day session. DeSantis is asking for 50 different things. He gets most of it, but sometimes they'll negotiate. Like on E-Verify, they said um, you only have to use it if you have more than 25 employees. That is the best he can get out of it. It's the toughest immigration bill in the nation, but you know he didn't get uh, repeal of in-state tuition for illegals, which he doesn't support. Not everyone in the legislature does. You have to take what you can get, and then he comes back for more, and they got rid of that carve-out. But it was better than nothing. Okay, that's part of what you have to do. You could say, why is it just that he's banning grooming 12 to 3? Do the other grades. Well, that's what he can get then. He came back the next year, got more. Um, as far as the vaccines, he's con- he, he noticeably always conflates the mandate – with the vaccine, none of us ever suggested that he supports vaccine mandates as Trump himself has never supported vaccine mandates and none of us have ever accused him of supporting it. It's that he ducks around it and he still did with you, Stephen. I'm glad you drew him out a little bit more than anyone else did. He wrote this January 10th in the Wall Street Journal 2022. So he said, well, in the ensuing years, it took a few years to know. No, it didn't take that long. The most important step in fighting the COVID-19 pandemic was the distribution of the vaccines. Dude, this was this was a year into it. That was two years after DeSantis appointed Latipo and they suspended all Department of Health promotion of the vaccine in the third largest state when, frankly, it was very popular then, Steve. Now everyone could be a hero. But... DeSantis's views on mass was no, they were not polling well then. And yet him as a private citizen. So he's a, all he does is please the base. But notoriously on that issue, the technology, we're not talking about the crony capitalism. We're not talking about the mandate. We're talking about the genocide. He will not discuss that issue. But you did draw him out. And I give you credit, Steve, for that. Um He says, I'm happy to debate the facts, but the problem is you can't debate the facts before he states his position on an issue. He's extremely cagey on that, and I think for good reason. Um, DeSantis says whatever the base wants to hear, but Vivek – so Vivek's the implementer of policy, and DeSantis is the talker. All right. Um, His big sell is that he talks to the media. DeSantis doesn't talk to the media. Is that is that the biggest thing that we need? Um, he's an outsider. Steve, I've interviewed hundreds of candidates. So, you know, I'm a nobody. He's right. I actually am a nobody. But part of the reason why I'm a nobody is because I always challenge the party establishment, and that includes Donald J. Trump. And I've been challenging them in primaries for years. And I could tell you everyone's an outsider until they're not. So we've had plenty of people like Vivek around that talk a good game. And I think, Steve, you you and I could think of candidates that we have endorsed that disappointed us over the years. They were the consummate outsiders, but they became insiders in three seconds. So again, talk is cheap. 
Uh, DeSantis stayed silent on Silicon Valley Bank that's demonstrably false. There's a press conference of him talking about it and the green energy cronyism there. I don't understand what he talks about. So then he was forced to give you got to give some credit. I mean, all the other governors are in the toilet and he's way ahead. You listed all those things. So he had to throw out one thing. He picked the most notorious thing, COVID. But then even then he gave the shot. Oh, that's fine. You copy Christy Nome. You know, again, facts matter. And I understand legislation is not his thing. Um, but you could actually look at the piece of legislation twice that a South Dakota rep introduced and in, in South Dakota, it will say on behalf of Governor Nome. Not all states do that, but it, but a legislature a legislator could introduce a bill to have a lockdown. The Freedom Caucus opposed it. I actually had one on my show um, a couple of days ago, John Hansen. Um, that's simply just demonstrably false. The legislature shot her down. So that that and, and again, that's a Trump talking point. It's all eating out of Trump's talking points. We already have a Donald Trump. We already have a good talker and a promiser, not a doer. We don't need a mini me. That is the bottom line, Steve. All right, Todd and Aaron, before I get your thoughts, a word about our friends over at Fast Growing Trees. I heard Daniel, I heard you talking about them on your podcast recently, how much you uh, like working with them. FastGrowingTrees.com is their plant experts, curate thousands of easy-to-grow plants, shrubs, tree varieties for unique climate, anywhere from Meyer lemons to evergreens uh, and everything in between. I think you said you were doing um, it wasn't kiwi, what was it? Uh, that you, or key lime. Lime. Yeah, lime key, trees. Yeah, key lime. That's... That's pretty cool, actually. Um, if you want to get involved, no more hauling that stuff and having all the dirt and everything uh, dirty your car. They'll deliver it right to your front door. No more waiting in long lines either. All right. Plants arrive in just a few days. You can join over their 1.5 million happy, fast-growing trees customers like Daniel. When you go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash now or Steve, fastgrowingtrees.com slash Steve. That's fastgrowingtrees.com slash Steve. And they'll slash 15% off your order when you do. Fastgrowingtrees.com slash Steve. Always available, and they'll help you with their experts. Keep your plants and whatever you get from them healthy and growing through the season and beyond. 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Steve. All right, Todd and Aaron, your thoughts on the conversation we just had with Vivek. After you engage in a crony capitalism sweetheart deal, does that company normally sue you afterwards? Because Disney's suing DeSantis, like right now. So, I, what? how sweetheart was whatever you're saying happens? Daniel already said he's just, he's wrong about the facts on this particular issue. And he brings up this issue in his defense, along with the other, uh, a second issue, to say that, oh, you took me out of context when I was telling DeSantis that he just says what people want to hear and he's a soulless troll who doesn't even know what he thinks. I was only saying that about two specific issues, at least the one I can remember, which he's totally wrong on the details now, so it actually makes it sound worse. I, I was disappointed before. I remain disappointed now. I think at the very least we are in uh, you either uh, die, here, uh, live, uh, die here or you live long, long enough to become the villain. And apparently it took only two months in Vivek's case. You didn't find anything there positive at all. I did not. Nothing. I did not. Now keep in mind again, folks, on purpose, it was very quiet in here the whole break. I didn't want to discuss anything... Uh, that we weren't going to talk about on the air. So I'm, I'm learning all what these guys think 
at the same time that you are. So one more time, you thought there was nothing positive for him that came out of that conversation at all. No, and there was a tell in there. How many times do you say, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen? You know, no, you're running for president of the United States. Or is he? Okay. Aaron, what did you think? So I will echo what you said again. I mean, it takes, uh, they obviously were aware of some of the things that had been said on this show regarding Vivek. Um, that's why they sent us a six-page memo about five minutes before we had the, the interview. And so it takes great chutzpah and, um, and stones to come on and be, um, be willing to attempt to acquit yourself. And I, I, I don't mean that as faint praise. I genuinely mean that. Um, so, you know, hats off to him for being willing to come on and spend almost a half hour with us and fight through some of the tech issues as he's um, on the campaign trail. I will say this just in general about the, the interview, and I, I think this is about the most fair um, and least personal review that I can give. Let's pretend that everything Daniel said at the top was just 100% lies. Let's pretend that, yes, Vivek actually does uh, criticize Trump and DeSantis equally. And let's pretend that all of his uh, defenses were 100% gospel truth. Okay, let's just for the I don't agree with any of that, by the way, or at least not 100% of that. For the sake of argument, let's just say that his defenses were 100% true. Here's the best thing that I can say about Vivek Ramaswamy, the presidential candidate. His candidacy is just a redundancy. There is no scenario. There's no scenario where you would take a guy who's just written books about policy over the guy who has implemented and pushed policy. There's no scenario. Whether we're talking about DeSantis or Trump, there's no scenario. So you're just a redundancy. Now, if this were 8, 12, 16 years ago, if it's a Herman Cain or a Fred Thompson or somebody like that who's kind of an outsider, yeah, let's, let's kick the tires around a little bit. Do we have time for that? Do we have time for that? I was hoping to, best case scenario, that Vivek Ramaswamy would elevate the conversation. Yeah. Would be something more than an Andrew Yang who just kind of fizzled out. I mean, I guess he did. He was a presence or something during the, you know, the 2020 Democrat primaries. But it's obvious, at least to this point, he's not really engaging in that elevation of, of the discourse. So he's just a redundancy. Do we have a lot of time, guys? Do we have a lot of time? Well, we're just loaded. We've got gobs of time. Sure. Let's just, anybody who whispers sweet nothings is on the money about a lot of things that we care about. Yeah, let's, sure, bring them into the fold here. And it, as an American, it's his right to do that. I'm just talking about us now, not necessarily Vivek. If there are Vivek fans out there, I, I'm just not sure why when we've got, when we've got the proven um, candidate in Ron DeSantis, why even if his motives, Vivek's motives and his rebuttals are, again, a gospel truth, I'm not really sure what he brings to the table other than a redundancy. And I will say this about the Disney thing as well. And I think this is important because we talked about it with Nikki Haley as well. What do most politicians do after a company who has donated to them comes out and smacks down or smacks a piece of legislation that that candidate supports or politician supports? Usually that politician caves. You're making the opposite argument you think you are. 
Usually the politician, when confronted by their donors, they cave. Ron DeSantis did not. I think that's something important to note as well. All right, Daniel, I've got 30 seconds. I'm going to give it to you um, as we close out of here. You know, the bottom line is we don't have time for talk show hosts. This is not a movement. It's an industry. And there's too many people in it. Heck, maybe you and I are, you know, too, too many. But we need a guy that's actually going to do what they say, do what he says he's going to do. You know, he, he told you he doesn't know Trump's opinion on the vaccine. <laughs> I mean, what a joke. That is what our colleagues are doing. They're being base pleasers to Twitter and whatever the base wants to hear, with the exception of the vaccine and Trump. That's all of our colleagues. We just have one more to add to the pile. Hmm. All right, Daniel. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. Take care. You bet. All right, we're to stick around. We've got some bonus buy seller hold, quite a bit of it actually, uh, to bring to you if you're a Blaze TV subscriber today at blazetv.com slash dace. That's blazetv.com slash dace. And for the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow. Noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck, right here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.